This is the Physical Activity Researcher Podcast, a podcast for researchers of sedentary behavior, physical activity, and sports. Join for a relaxed dialogue about research design, practicalities, and, well, anything related to research. Learn from your fellow researchers useful and relevant information that does not fit into formal content and limited space of scientific publications. And here is your host, researcher and entrepreneur, Ollie Tikkanen. Yeah, and you ended up doing your data collection with the with the Fibion Sense devices. How did you choose in the end the Fibion device, and did you have some other devices that you were you were thinking? Yes, we we have um, we of course looked at different devices. The challenge with kids are that it has to be easy. It has to be something that that don't annoy them, uh, that they are willing to wear, not forgetting. Uh, it falls off a lot uh, easy or so. And, um, you know, we looked at different ones and this one was the one we thought was easiest for the kids to wear and not to think about so much. You want them to, to live as normal as possible to make the numbers as close to reality as possible. So it needs to be something they don't have to think about so much. And when they put them on, they can have it there for a week and maybe even forget that they have them there. So therefore I thought, we thought that Fibian was the most easy to use on kids. And how did you do the practicalities? I think it's interesting for the listeners. You had quite a big, big project. You had 350 devices and did you do two rounds? How did you arranged three rounds actually three rounds all right i think we send them out one once more uh, to to get to get them all all the ones that volunteered they could volunteer they they were answering the survey and in the end of the survey they could volunteer to be part of this uh, study and out of that i think we have 700 that volunteered very quickly so we had to close it down and then of course it was a big process sending them out so we had 350 so we sent 350 out and then we got a few back, not all of them, you know, you have to <laughs> remind them and so on. And then we send out again and then we got back and we sent out again to be able to collect all the 700 that had volunteered. It was a big process. It was kind of difficult, but it was important. And we, I think uh, in the end, we lost a lot of devices. So it was, of course, a big cost for us. But we think that we have around 500 out of 700 data that we can analyze. Yeah, and you you send it by mail and you send the pads, you send the device and you had the directions for the parents probably to, to attach it for the smaller kids or how, how was it for the adolescents? Was they, they attaching it or how, how did you do the practicalities? Yeah, the parents were helping them for sure. I also got, we also got a lot of emails asking, you know, for new patches if did not uh, maybe destroy one of them or so, so on and so forth. So we had to, but we, of course, when you have a lot of people that you connect with, uh, you know, you some will not understand your instructions. Some will maybe understand them, but they will have problems during the way. So we need to help them out. And some forget what they signed up for and also forget the device. So it will just lie in there for weeks. And then we call them and we text them. We had a lot of SMS reminders and so on, but still you lose a lot of, and then you call them a month later and they don't know what you're talking about. It's, you know, it's a big challenge to do this uh, practically. Uh, it's, it's tough, but for us, it was worth it because we needed to add this objective measurement to the survey 
And it will be very interesting. I know that the scientists are sitting with all the data, analyzing it right now, and it will be very interesting to see what we can what we can get out of it. But I don't know that yet. Very curious. Yeah. And do, do you have a percentage of the lost devices? I think some of the researchers listening might be interested. How how much did you lose as a percentage? Do you, do you have an idea? Uh, I don't have the final number, but I would say around 30%, maybe 30-40% we lost. A lot, a lot. A lot we lost. Yeah, I think 30% for sure we lost. Um, not, And then you should also know that the ones... The kids that are around 14, 15, have, they have been, uh, you know, filling in the survey themselves. They have themselves saying yes or no. And they have received, you know, I, I only have the kid's name on the envelope. So uh, it could be a lot of young people here, teenagers, signing up for something that, oh, this sounds cool. And they sign up and, you know, you get the envelope home and you forget it. So this is not only adults that have received these letters. It's it's uh, a lot of teenagers as well. And sometimes, of course, it's not easy for a teenager with all the homeworks and friends and things going on to remember to put that on and also to remember to send it back. So it's um, it's it could be also be one of the explanations. But we have not digged into it yet. We need to, you know, evaluate everything and then we should dig into all these details. But you lose a lot of measures or a lot of, sensors when you do this kind of uh, amount of sending out to 700 you will lose and teenagers are maybe not the most skilled being being responsible and taking care of everything being in the right place at the right time and so on well i wouldn't say that but they have a lot of things going on so it's easy to forget i guess and and i also will say that you know you always have to make this choice to send so many devices out and and you will lose some Uh, and i think we did everything we could we send them a lot of reminders both text sms uh, text and we we also called uh we have called everyone called but but they're lost the dog bite it or it's it's gone we don't find it or i don't know what you're talking about or oh i send it back it must be lost in in the mail so you know you will always get um, you'll always lose, but uh, but um, I think we will have good enough to make some analysis from the data we received. Yeah, and the teenagers were replying that do they want to receive? Do you plan to do it differently in the next next measurement stages? Do you have any takeaways how to improve this? Of course, there are many things that we can do better, probably, uh, but it's difficult. It depends what kind of method you want to use. This method is about, you know, it, we, we get randomly selected because we send the survey out to randomly random kids in whole, whole of Sweden. And the ones that wants to be part of this extra study with the, with the objective measurement, we don't know who they are. We don't know anything about them. So we, it's voluntarily, but it's also randomly. Uh, if you if you do more, you could you go more into subgroups. You know, if you have a method where you where you measure in classrooms and you measure them for a week and you do it, you know, in the schools, it would of course be easy. You will not lose sensors uh, in that in that sense. Maybe some will go break down or else. But if you will monitor monitor it uh, in in schools with a, with a teacher, 
you will put them on together. They will have it for a week. You can take them all back. You know, you be there in the classroom. I think that that's a different method, but then you don't have this kind of random, you need to think about representativity and so on. And I, I'm not a scientist, so this is not my this is not my <laughs> my professional area, I would say. But we decided to to do this method because we had the survey. We will have random kids. It, it would be interesting to see if we can get a big mix of kids uh, from all around Sweden, not in the same geographic area, not in the same school, not in the same you know uh, social environment, uh, but more spread spread out over Sweden. Um, good or bad, we will see. We the the sense the scientists will have to evaluate and see if, if we will change the method to the next time. Uh, it depends. It depends. I cannot give you an answer. So you basically kind of went for the most difficult, but probably the best randomization, going with the random individuals in a way. Yeah. That was what we based the decision on. Yeah. And and in the best of world, I would would like to send out two thousand sensors. You know, to get even more. Because as as better group of representative kids from different, you know, uh, econ- socioeconomic backgrounds, uh, geographic spreading, age, uh, gender, interests, if you can get a good representative, it would say more about reality than, you know, dig down in one group. Uh, so we, that's what's the argument for, for doing this this way. Uh, we will see if that would be defendable to do in the future uh, with, with the loss of sensors but it would definitely be interesting to see the results anyway yeah as i'm thinking now maybe the other way would be randomize the area the school and then the class that you take whole classes but you would randomly pick classes in different different places and then it wouldn't be as random but it would be probably a little bit easier to manage and and maybe less less lost devices yeah, more, but definitely not so much uh, lost devices, but it could be more time consuming to travel around, to visit the classrooms around Sweden and so on. You need to be a team for that. So timeless, time, timing, I don't know. You would have to count hours and so on. It might, might not be easier, but definitely you would not lose as much sensors, I would say. Mm, yeah. But like I said, I'm not an expert on this area. There will be probably listeners here that are like, what is she talking about? I'm not the scientist here. I just I just uh, say what they say to me, basically. Uh, and I have learned some things about this, but I have no education in this kind of measurement. But it's it's been interesting. It's been interesting to follow the process and the scientists' work. And we will see what they will evaluate. And, and they will give us uh, advice in how to move forward after this, I'm sure. So you basically plan to compare the survey results and the objective measurements and then you will have a nice picture of how is the daily activity how is the exercise activity how is the sedentary you can this the, the scientist can look into the survey of the kid and see their objective measurement of the same kit and and they can compare and and could be very interesting to see that there if you can make any kind of do they do they move more than they think or do they think they move more than they say could we see that kind of trend and it could be also different kind of things that you can say about this do the parents overestimate how much the younger kids move if you look at the younger kids uh, and so on and so forth so they will be interesting to see if you compare it 
with this survey results to the objective measurement and see if we can see anything there. Yeah, in- interesting to see the results. And w- what do you see as uh, future plans with Generation Pep? Anything new coming in the program or you continue to do the work in, in a similar fashion? Well, we always have new uh, things going on, uh, of course. We just re- we released a, a digital education online that will not cost anything to do. It takes a one hour about physical activity and, and food habits and also how, how to work with changing habits, you know, how, how to work with kids in this sense. Uh, we just released that as a new one and we will do a follow-up on that one in the future and maybe a more crash course in something else or go deep down in something. So that's something that we just released, for example. We also initiated new a new uh, co- like uh, we, we cooperate with different kind of companies, uh, bigger companies to make them to change, you know. So we just have a new big company in Sweden called Axfood that are owning a lot of different uh, um stores food stores and so on around sweden and see if we can work with the environment around that how to make it easier for parents to to choose better food and make it easier to to be healthy and um we do new we have some things that go every year with with uh, different kind of activities but then we also always challenge ourselves how can we make this better how can we see if we can work harder with this one and it will be interesting our our project uh, against uh, municipalities in sweden will be very very interesting we have a big we will have a big evaluation uh scientists will look into you know keys and possibilities and also maybe obstacles in the way of for municipalities to work with children's health uh, and that would give a lot of interesting knowledge i think and also can yeah, help us to take a, to make a, a tool for municipalities for every municipality in sweden to work in according to a model that will help them to provide kids uh, better circumstances and possibilities around this question so we have a lot of good projects going on so Generation PEP is working with quite many stakeholders, municipalities, schools, uh, preschools. So are you the one kind of being in connection, for example, with the municipalities? How, how, how does it work? How do you get into contact with all these stakeholders? I have a team. I am the operations manager, so I am responsible for the for the organization's work. And I also have around 10 persons working for Generation PEP. And they have, of course, different special areas that they work with. We have some that works just against schools. We have some that works with, you know, spare time and, and how to how to work with that. We have one person dedicated working with the municipalities. And now in the beginning, we have six municipalities that we work with, like are in a, in a pilot to, you know, to, you know, test all these things. And then we work a lot to create, you know, these digital non-cost uh, tools so that it could be uh, open for everyone to use. You know, if we have a, a preschool in Finland asking, can we use your, that have uh, Swedish kids and Swedish, you know, the Swedish area and one Swedish area in Finland. And they said, can we use your preschool uh, tool to help us work with this in our preschool? Fine, it's it's just open. It's just lying there on our webpage. Just, you can use it as, as much as you want. So we just want to create things that are, you know, use, they are, people ask for them, they are easy to use, and they are really something that can help them change how they work. So the physical activity and good food habits are, you know, more part of their the day. And we have a lot of 
that kind of tools that we work with. And that's one way in you know, spreading knowledge, having campaigns, you know, working with stakeholders. So we are we, we try to and we also have the Crown Princess couple, of course, that can reach out to to many people in Sweden and that will listen when, when they say something. And we, we have them in our activities and events sometimes as well during the year. Um, we, we work hard and we are not that many, but we, we reach out to many. Uh, we, 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 need, we think that cooperation to work together is the key. We are not the key for solution. We will not, we will not uh, make the change on our own. But we work together with companies, with organizations, with clubs, with, you know, teachers, schools, preschools. We will we try to connect people and we try to connect and, and try to talk to everyone about how important this is. I, I think it's a great, great project. Uh, do you have any lessons learned, any tips that if somebody is in another country listening and they... They are maybe planning something similar. What would be your advice for them? Um, some advice. Well, um, you of course you can always reach out to us, uh, and and we can give you of course our 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 story, how we did it, and how we have what we have achieved so far. Um, I think uh, for for us it's been those four things about you know cooperation with others, always be ready to cooperate and do things together. And try to, we are like, a. sometimes we see ourselves as a platform where people can find each other. We don't have to be into every project, but we can, can put people together in the same room and they will find each other and do something together that would actually change the possibilities for children. So cooperation is one part. And we also think that this guidance, you know, these tools to help to, that are no cost, that are easy to use is one solution. And, and the other one is, you know, of course, to uh, affect stakeholders, parents, principals, you know, those who can really make decisions in a way, in a brave way to change society is, of course, also important. And then we believe that knowledge, you know, the kind of service that we do to provide knowledge, but also to translate knowledge sometimes, because there are a lot of universities and good scientists coming with new studies and new new knowledge. And how can we translate it in a good way to ordinary people so they can learn from it and understand what they can do in their ordinary life? to change this around so we work with those four strategies my advice is to you know it's like being an athlete a good goal uh, a, a good goal to run forward towards uh, hard work of course and good support during the way uh, and never give up yeah good good advice and you have done these digital tools apps Do you think those could be scaled to different countries? Like, do you think they could work in in Norway? Yeah, I think so. Well, it's it's in our language, of course. It's in Swedish uh, right now. We we have not translated it to other languages. We have our website in English and some other languages. But but um, it's of course maybe you could take inspiration and and you could of course you know we are we are really interested in in of course helping every child even if our focus is sweden and we don't work out of sweden but if if people spread out of sweden it's well it's we're just happy to be helpful um if you could if, you could, if someone would come to us could, could you just give our your advice or what how did you do this and how could we do this in our country and so on we will give you everything we can 
to to help out, even if we we don't have time or resources to do the same work in another country. But um, every country is welcome to be inspired. We inspired of of what Finland do in their school project, for example. We be inspired by Denmark having forty five minutes during the school day, for example, or Norway doing things that are great for food examples. So there are a lot of we we. To try to inspire from the countries in our neighborhoods, of course, but also from other countries. There are great initiatives in New Zealand or uh, England have uh, initiatives and there are initiatives in, in Colombia or, or whatever. It, it, there are a lot of, um, you can you can learn from others, definitely. Yeah, I, I think Nordic countries have been doing good good job in, in a way. Of course, challenges, challenges quite a bit. Um, This has been very interesting. It was very interesting to hear about your identity work and and transitioning to to normal life from elite athlete career and and discussing this generation. Pep It was great, and you doing important work. Thanks for sharing this info in the in the podcast and taking the time for this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity Researcher Podcast. If you like the show, make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing or following the show on Twitter. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. If you found value in the show, we would really appreciate a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever app you use. Or if you would, in a real old school way, simply tell a friend about the show. It would be great help for us we have a fantastic lineup of guests for forthcoming episodes so be sure to tune in thank you all for your support and have a great day